I want to welcome you to the service this afternoon. Appreciate all of you who have stuck around uh, today. I have enjoyed the day very much, enjoyed the entire week, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, and on behalf of Leah, Eli, and myself, I do want to pre- uh, give our appreciation and show our appreciation to y'all and thank y'all uh, for the invitation to be here, to be able to spend this week with y'all, uh, to present some of these, th- these things uh, from God's Word. It's uh, my prayer that some of these things have been beneficial, uplifting, and edifying to you and your faith. Uh, and we have really enjoyed the time to be able to spend and visit with each of you. Look forward to many, uh, many more times in the future of, of seeing y'all and being able to spend some time with you guys. Uh, this afternoon, I am not going to hold y'all around for a long time. So I do want to apologize for the length of some of the, the lessons this week. Uh, it is a lot of material. Evidently, I still need to condense a little more. Uh, so I'll work on that for uh, for some future times. But I appreciate y'all's patience and y'all staying with me. This afternoon, I want to present a few things uh, regarding receiving the Scriptures in faith. And this is meant to be an encouraging sermon. This is meant uh, to encourage you to take the things that we have looked at this week, to apply them, to keep the faith, to keep your faith strong, to live the life that God has asked you to live, because I believe that that is a blessed life. I want to start this afternoon in John chapter 20 and verse 30. Scripture says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. John said there's a reason why all of these things are written. It's so that you can believe. And it's so that in believing you can have life, an eternal life. And that's what you and I want. I want to see you someday in eternity, and I want you to see me someday in eternity, and in the right side of eternity, that is heaven. We all want that eternal life. That's all what we're headed for. All of the evidence, all the things that we've looked at are there to strengthen our faith, to help us to get to that eternal life, to know the things that we believe are true. I want to look at Hebrews, the 11th chapter Uh, this afternoon, just for a couple of minutes, and look at some things contained within that chapter regarding faith and receiving the Word of God with faith and all of the examples of people in the past that were told something of God and when they reacted in faith, certain things happened. Just preceding Hebrews chapter 11, we find uh, the 23rd verse of chapter 10. The writer makes this statement, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now, there's a reason why he's talking about faith here. Because the early church uh, that this this letter was written to was having some problems. Uh, Four specific problems that I want to take a look at here in the end of chapter 10. In verses 24 and 25, he says, "...let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching." Some had stopped participating and fellowshipping with the church had lost the interest in doing that. And I want to encourage you this afternoon not to lose interest in the things that the church is involved in. Not to lose interest in the things that the church does. Be here. Assemble with the brethren. Be a part. Fellowship. Participate in the things that are going on because you'll be blessed by doing that. And that's part of having faith. Another problem they were having was some had fallen back into willful sin. When we come to Jesus... We come as sinners and He saves us, right? But what we're supposed to do is repent at that point and to change. Well, some had fallen back into willful sin. Verses 26 and 27, He says, For if we sin willfully, after that we had received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. 
And I want you to know and encourage you this afternoon that if you have fallen back into sin and if you have fallen back into struggles that you may have dealt with before you came to know Christ, the answer that you must look to and and the solution to that must be to come back to Him, to restore the relationship, to repent. God is a God of forgiveness. Jesus is a Savior of forgiveness. Don't be some of those that fall into willing sin and allow that sin to tangle you up so much in your life that you fall away. Don't let that happen. Turn back to God and get right. That's part of having faith. Some had forgotten the endurance that they once had had. All of the trials that they had already made it through and they'd lost sight of that. In verse 32 and 34 he says, But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance." He says, you've forgotten that in the past you've endured a great fight of afflictions. You've forgotten that in the past you've already come so far and gotten through so much and your faith has already helped you to get to this point. But you've forgotten and you've lost that. And I want to encourage you this afternoon not to lose that. If you've been a Christian for any period of time, you ought to be able to look back at your life and see the hand of God at work. You ought to be able to look back at your life and see where God has carried you and see how your faith has made you stronger and has helped you. Don't forget those things. Don't forget how God has already helped you because that will help you to know that He will be there in the future as well. And one other issue he brings up in verse 35, he says, "...cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise." Some of them had evidently lost their confidence in God. Maybe their confidence in His promises. You know, God has promised you and I a lot of things. The most importantly being that eternal life that we, that we spoke of a moment ago. We want to be there. God has promised us that we can have it. Don't forget God's promise. Don't lose confidence in God's promise. But hold up your faith. Strengthen your faith. Build up your faith. And allow it to carry you through to that promise. And then he ends uh, the chapter, verse 37... He says, For yet a, a little while, and he, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back under perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We're not the type of people that are supposed to fall back. We're not the type of people that are supposed to lose confidence. And all of the things that we've looked at this week, I hope, have helped build confidence, not lose confidence have helped build your confidence that your faith is real, that Jesus is real, the Scriptures are real, it's inspired, it's the truth, and He really is the Savior that wants you to be saved. Don't lose sight of that. Don't fall back. Believe to the saving of your soul. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Faith means you believe that God is God and that He will reward those who are faithful. James chapter 2, 17 and 18 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Another important thing to know about faith, though, is that it's a working and active faith. Faith doesn't mean just the simple belief and stating that I believe in God. Faith means if I believe in God, I'm going to act in a certain way. I'm going to choose to do things a certain way. I'm going to be a certain type of person. 
Faith is taking God at His Word and then living by that Word. And if God's Word is inspired and the New Testament is inspired, take God at His Word and do what He's asked you to do. Endure. Keep going. Because that's where the reward comes. In verse 1 of the chapter, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance there is talking about the foundation of the reality. Faith gives a foundation or a reality to the things that we hope for. Heaven is not just some far-off mystical idea. Heaven has a foundation and has a reality in faith. If you believe God, then heaven is real. If you don't believe God, heaven is still real. You just don't believe it. But if you believe God, it gives it a foundation. It gives it a surety. You don't don't have any doubt about it, do you? If you really believe God, you don't have any doubt that heaven exists. You know it's there. It gives it a reality and a foundation. And it's the evidence, the proof, the conviction of things not seen. Whether that be God, angels, heaven, etc. All of the above. It's the evidence. It points toward it. Our faith is that conviction that those things exist. The ESV puts this verse like this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And I hope that describes you this afternoon. I hope that you have an assurance and that you have a conviction of the things hoped for and the things not seen. And that you don't doubt. I hope that you don't doubt those things. I hope your faith is strong. And I hope that you'll continue to do the research and do the study and build your faith and strengthen your faith and grow a closer relationship with God and with Christ Jesus. But how does faith give us assurance and conviction of things that we can't see? Well, it gives us a spiritual perspective, right? If I've got faith and I really believe in God and I'm going to be active for Him, I've got a different perspective on life. I'm a different kind of person. That's why he says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed. We talked about this Uh, Friday night, that understanding. We perceive it in a different way through faith. Faith allows us to see the evidence for what it is. So I want to ask you what your perspective is on the things we've talked about this week. We talked first about the manuscript evidence and the accuracy of our translations. What's your perspective on that? Will you look at that in faith and see the evidence for what it says? We talked a little bit this morning about some fulfilled prophecy. Will you consider that in faith? Take it for what it is? We talked about scientific foreknowledge, the science the Bible gets right, and the evidence, all of the evidence that points toward a creator. Do you see that with a perspective of faith? We believe it. We talked about last night the archaeological finds and the early secular writers that talked about Christ and confirmed what the scripture said. What's your perspective on that? Will you approach it in faith? And we talked this morning about the consistency of the message and that people were willing to die for it. Will you see that in faith? What's your perspective on it? Because it changes. If you close the door to God, you'll see those things as Christian propaganda and you'll go on your way choosing not to believe. But if you'll open your mind, you'll see it for what it is. Evidence of God and Christ Jesus. It'll change your perspective about life and about how certain choices are made. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's a different way that Christians make it, make decisions than non-Christians do. There's a different perspective that we have. When we come upon a moral situation or a moral decision that we have to make, those of us who have faith and rely on the Scripture as our guide are going to choose something different than those who don't. 
And it's because our faith gives us a different perspective on things. We may see a relationship, an intimate relationship outside of marriage as wrong because the New Testament presents that as wrong. And we may see all the reasons why. We may see uh, some of the, the fallout of some of those things. And you can pick any sin you want to talk about. There's fallout for sin. And yet a person outside of Christ will say, do what you want to do. It's not a problem. And yet lives are torn up and torn apart by sin. God gives us that perspective if you'll receive it in faith. Sometimes we face hardships in life. We face trials. Sometimes it's, it's financial problems. It's a job loss. It's, it's things that we, uh, that, we, uh, that we face maybe at work or problems even as a Christian that we get uh, humiliated or made fun of or, or made to feel uh, little because of the beliefs that we have. A person outside of Christ would say, well, if it's that hard, give up. If it's that hard, why are you doing it? If it's that hard, why are you saying it or believing it? Just give up. James 1.2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. We know, because of our faith and our spiritual perspective, that we've got to make the enduring choice. That we've got to get through those things and keep going, because that's where the promises come. When we suffer loss in life, and we mentioned a little bit this morning about some of those who gave their life. But loss is something that we all feel. Loss is something that we all experience. We lose somebody that we're close to and it hurts. And it's painful. And different emotions and different feelings can run through us at different times. But if we have faith, we have a spiritual perspective about that. And we know that death is not the end, right? As Christians, if we respond in faith... And we take that perspective that's given to us by faith. We know, hey, we'll see him again. They're a Christian. I'm a Christian. We're going to the same place. Someone outside of Christ doesn't have that perspective. And loss is felt more deeply. Loss because they believe it's the end that they'll ever see. But we have a little bit of joy along with that grief. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14 says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. You see, faith gives us a different perspective. And 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 there mentions the, the goal all of us should be after, and that is walking by faith and not by sight. I want you to know Hebrews chapter 11 gives a list, and I'm sure you've studied Hebrews chapter 11, but it gives a list of faithful people that did some pretty spectacular things because of their faith. And I just want to go through real quick with you this afternoon some of these stories. Verse 2 there said, For by it the elders obtained a good report. By faith. And I want to tell you that faith leads and must lead to obedience. And if you're here this afternoon and you've not been living a faithful life, maybe you even believe, but you've not really been acting. That acting, that acting, that the choices, the decisions, all of that is part of the package of faith. That's what every biblical example of faith shows, is that it's about actions and what we do with it. Hebrews chapter 11 begins, talks about Abel. You remember Abel, right? Cain and Abel, uh, children of, of Adam and Eve. Abel ended up being murdered by his brother. But what did Abel do? By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. We don't know exactly what the instruction was to Abel, but God asked Abel something. Abel believed God. He did what God said. And Abel was rewarded by God. Hurt here on earth, rewarded by God. Enoch, 
never even had to face death. God took Enoch away with him because Enoch was such a man of faith, lived his life as God had asked of him, and God rewarded him by allowing him to not see death. Noah, you all remember the story about Noah, right? And the great ark that he created, and all the animals that he took with him on that ark. It says, Noah, by faith, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. You know, God told Noah some pretty spectacular things. He said, it's going to rain in a world that had never seen rain. Where a lot of people would have laughed and said, that's foolishness. That's an absurdity. Why am I going to build a giant boat in a world that's never seen rain? But Noah did it, and Noah was rewarded. Noah had faith, and that faith prompted him to act. We remember Abraham, the great man of faith, Abraham. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. You know, God told Abraham to leave his homeland and told him, uh, Just go, and I'll show you where I want you to be. And it was all an act of faith that Abraham just had to walk out and go and trust that God was leading him the right direction. And that's how it's going to be sometimes for us. The New Testament is going to show us certain things and we're going to be convicted and say, you know, maybe I really need to change this about myself or maybe I really need to make this decision because this is what God is showing me to do. But I've never done that before. I don't know what that's going to lead to. How can I trust that it's going to... You have to trust. You have to trust in God that He knows what it is that He's talking about. Abraham did and God was rewarded. God rewarded him. You remember Abraham also sacrificed or nearly sacrificed... His son Isaac. Isaac was the son of promise that God had given to Abraham. And then one day God says, Abraham, I want you to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice. Talk about an absurd request. That's absurd. As a father, I can tell you from first hand that that sounds absurd. And if I were given that instruction to go sacrifice my son, I'd have a hard time following through. But Abraham trusted God. He was a man of faith. He knew no matter what other people would call foolishness, he called the will of God. And he knew that reward came at the end of it. He went up there. God didn't require his son. He was just testing his faith. God gave him a lamb. Isaac was just fine and able to be raised uh, by his parents. Sarah, Abraham's wife, was an example of faith. A great, wonderful woman of faith. When God first told her that she was going to have a child at at a, a very old age, she laughed. So you thought, how is this supposed to work? That's, that's uh, yeah, the day that that happens, and then it happened. But she reacted and responded actually in faith and raised Isaac. Isaac himself, Hebrews eleven twenty says, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. You remember the story of how Jacob kind of stole Esau's uh, blessing uh, from from Isaac at one point. Now Esau kind of sold him the, the, the birthright, at one point, but Jacob and his mother kind of did the whole deception thing and went in there and got the blessing. Well, part of that blessing was telling Jacob that certain things were going to transpire for him in the future. Isaac didn't know that except if, if God would have told him. There's no way Isaac would have known those things were to come to pass unless God had shared that with him. And Isaac, through faith, knew that that was going to happen. He was able to share those things with his sons because God had revealed to him that those things would take place. And he blessed his sons, and because of his faith, was able to share those things with him. Jacob, 
in verse 21 says, When he was dying, blessed both of the sons of Joseph and Joseph and worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. You remember uh, after Joseph had gone to Egypt uh, and spent a lot of time there, Joseph ended up with some kids. Uh, they reunited there in Egypt. All the Israelites came over. Well, Joseph ended up not being one of the, the tribes or getting one of the inheritance parts. He ended up getting two through his two sons. That's what this is referring to where Jacob actually blesses those two sons of Joseph and makes them equal heirs as the rest of his, his children. And he does that knowing what's going to happen in the future because of his faith, because God had allowed him to see those things, and he was right on. He believed God. Joseph himself says, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. You know, before, when Joseph died, he told the, the, the Israelites, he said, when y'all leave Egypt, take my bones with you. Now it'd be 400 years or so before they would actually leave, but he knew. He was a man of faith, and he knew God would deliver them out of, out of Egypt. And so 400 years before, he says, hey, take my bones with you when you leave. And Moses, you remember Moses, what a great man of faith he was. It says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And isn't that a choice that you and I have to make in faith? If we're going to accept the Scriptures as the inspired Word of God and live a life of faith based on those, we've got to choose to suffer affliction with the children of God rather than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. We've got to, to put away sin and to live by faith, whatever that means, esteeming the approach of Christ greater than the riches, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You remember the Israelites themselves. Now they failed a lot of times and they messed up sometimes along the way, but in a lot of situations they reacted in great faith through things that God had asked of them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Can you imagine when they got to that Red Sea as they're exiting Egypt and they see the Egyptian army behind them and the Red Sea before them? And Moses says, don't worry, guys. God's going to part the waters for us. You know, some of those people had to be going, oh, yeah, right. Sure, that's going to happen. Yeah, that's absurd. And yet it did. God made it happen. They trusted in him. He rewarded them and they got through. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. You remember the story of Joshua and the children of Israel when they were trying to get past Jericho? And God gave Joshua that fantastic military strategy of leading the Israelites around the walls one time every day for six days, then walking around them six times on that seventh day. And then on the seventh time, everybody yell and the priests blow your trumpets and... And Joshua's coming to the people saying, all right, this is what we're going to do. And those walls are going to fall down. And you know some of those people had to be going, yeah, sure, that's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to blow some trumpets and yell at the walls and they're going to fall. Sure. And yet they did. When they went that seventh time around and they yelled and they blew the trumpets, the walls fell. Every time, in every circumstance, people that reacted with faith were blessed. Because God always follows through. And the promises that God makes, He means. When He says something, He means it and He follows through with it. And if you'll learn to live a life of faith like these, to hear what the Word of God has to say. You and I don't have the direct revelation of God. We have the revelation through His book, His Word. 
And if we'll hear what he has to say, no matter how foolish or absurd some people may think it is, trust it. God knows what he's doing and he'll lead you through. Rahab is mentioned as a great example of faith in verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. When they were going, uh, they sent some spies into Jericho at first and she actually saved their life and kept them from capture and is included here in this hall of fame of faith for doing that and trusting uh, that, that God was real and that, that what they said would be true, that her life would be spared. And there's many more. Hebrews 11 goes on to say, What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets. Verse 33 says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousnesses, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. He says, through all of the wonderful times, through all of the miraculous good times, through all the times that God showed us the the immense blessing, they had faith. But they said they also had faith in bad times. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect." He says all of these examples that I could keep going into and tell you about all these people of faith that had faith in good times, that had faith in bad times. They did that. They remained the faithful people that they were because they trusted God's promise. And they hadn't even seen Christ yet. How much better are we off having seen the promise fulfilled, having seen Christ come, to know that it's true, to know that heaven's real, to know that we can get there one day if we'll just endure and keep going and keep fighting the battles and keep trudging along. Whatever we have to face, God has promised He'll be there with us. No matter how foolish or absurd someone from the outside might say our Christian faith or our Christian choices might be, we must continue to make them because we trust God and the book that He gave us. We trust that like He got them through, He'll get us through. And I promise you, if you trust Him and live a life of faith, He'll lead you to the reward, just like He did each and every one of these great people of faith. I believe they trusted this promise that you and I should put our trust into as well. John 14, 1 through 3 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Will you receive the Scriptures in faith? We've talked about a lot of different things this week that I hope have been helpful. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is, each and every one of you, individually, on your own, has to make the choice to receive it in faith. And to live by it in faith. And I can't do it for you. You have to choose. Will you believe what the scriptures say? Will you live by what the scriptures say? And will you trust that if you do, this is the promise that awaits? 
Because if you will, I promise at the end of your life, or when the judgment comes, we'll be blessed and we'll be rewarded for the life of faith that we live. James 1 verse 21 says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. It's the word of God that saves souls, brothers and sisters. It's the word of God that will save yours and will save mine. Trust it. Receive it in faith. Keep living the Christian life. God will reward you and bless you for it. If you're here this afternoon you're not a Christian, make the choice to become one. If you're here and you struggle or have struggled with some things, we can pray for you, we can pray with you, we can try to help you to restore your relationship to God. If we can help you in any way, please come.